，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。To launch a weather satellite, China imposed a no-fly zone over waters north of Taiwan at 9:30 a.m. on Sunday. Air traffic over the area was restricted for 27 minutes, affecting 33 international flights, which were redirected away from the zone. The Civil Aeronautics Administration assisted with remapping the flight routes ahead of time, with travel times for the affected flights being lengthened between five to ten minutes. The Defense Ministry said a satellite launch from China's Gansu Province passed over waters north of Taiwan as it ascended into orbit, and that debris from its launch vehicle fell into the ocean into the area specified by China's no-fly zone. China's Fujian Maritime Safety Administration issued warnings about falling debris, and Taiwan's maritime authorities also asked vessels to steer clear of the area between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. The ruling DPP is off to an early start for 2024 after Vice President Lai Qingde was officially placed on its presidential ticket last week. On Sunday, Lai's campaign went to Ilan, where he bestowed a banner to inaugurate the local chapter of his supporters. He said Ilan was not only a sacred land of democracy, but also the place where his political career began. Meanwhile, the opposition KMT is still without a presidential candidate, as New Taipei Mayor Hoyo Yi and Honghai founder Terry Goh both come across as likely contenders. 2024, Now that he's officially on the DPP's presidential ticket, Party Chair Lai Qingde is on the go as he tours with his newly formed campaign group. They made a stop in Ilan, which is considered the sacred land of democracy, and inaugurated the local chapter. Lai didn't hold back his criticism of Ma Yingjiu. Ma Yingjiu, President. Former President Ma Ying-jeou is going backward. He wants to get back to the One China framework under the One China principle. If we continue down this path, our future will be ruled by China. Peace does not depend on the 1992 consensus or one country, two systems. This is something the people of Taiwan will not accept. In his presidential bid, Lai declared once again his stance on cross-strait relations, calling on China to never forget the important place Taiwan holds in the global economy. If Taiwanese businessmen want to continue their production in China, we'll support them. But we have to choose a path that is not one where they put all their eggs in China. We should allow Taiwanese companies to have the opportunity to establish themselves in Taiwan, expand their presence globally, and sell to the world. The head of the Ilan chapter of Lai's campaign supporters, Lin Guozhang, praised Lai for his comprehensive resume, saying he is the most suitable presidential candidate. He also had a few choice words for two prospective KMT presidential candidates, Honghai founder Terry Goh and New Taipei Mayor Hoyoi.
One is running a company. It's a good business. We should let him continue to run it. He is not necessarily suitable to be president. As for the other one, if you ask him anything, he will only say, let's do things well. But the mayor hasn't done that great of a job. All he does is fight for media exposure. There's really no reason not to elect Vice President Lai to be the president next year. Compared to the DPP, the opposition KMT is having a hard time filling in a blank presidential ticket. The most important thing is that we should be of one mind. In 2024, we must unite all our forces, win over all friends, and then eliminate all potential troubles. The party and the candidates should work together and not alone. It's the efforts of all, and we also have reached such a consensus with the main candidates. A single person might run fast, but a team running together will run farther, last longer, and run a better race. So let's all work together. To show that he is the leader of the PAC, Mayor Ho has recently persuaded new Taipei City Councilor Liu Zhejiang to withdraw from the legislative primary in the greater Xindian area so that incumbent legislator Luo Mingcai would remain unchallenged. As for Terry Goh, who had returned to Taiwan over the weekend, it is reported that the tycoon would be making a move on Tuesday. There's a new link between Taiwan proper and the outlying archipelago Matsu. The vessel New Taima went on its maiden voyage today from Jilong to the islands of Nangan and Dongying. Starting June 1st, the newly purchased vessel, which can carry 642 passengers and 45 cars, will provide regular service for travelers. On Sunday, President Tsai and other high-level officials attended a ceremony to mark the occasion. The Matsu area is north of our border, and due to its limitation caused by the natural terrain, getting in and out is more inconvenient than other outlying islands, so it's a hardship. I know that folks on Matsu have been looking forward to having another option for many years. A stable way home is also the goal that our entire administration has been working hard for. The project to purchase the new Taima is indeed very important. We spent 1.14 billion NT, all of which was subsidized by the central government. Matsu legislator Chen Xuesheng mentioned in his speech during the ceremony that the people of Matsu are looking forward to a Matsu bridge and hope the president can help out. Tsai responded that the decision to build such a bridge is not up to her. It would need the executive yuan to make a professional decision. Craig Quintero first came to Taiwan 31 years ago, and he's since become a leading figure in Taiwan's theater scene. Aside from mentoring students, he also founded the Riverbed Theater Company. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Quintero to find out more about his career and his latest work. Performers take to the stage in this new piece, Dreams and Shadows, produced by Riverbed Theater and Formosa Circus Art. The show combines surrealist aesthetic theater with circus arts and was inspired by writers Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud, as well as surrealist painters Salvador Dali and René Magritte. The show guides the audience in an exploration of dreams and reality. Yeah. 
So this is a really interesting piece. This is our first collaboration with Foca, which is a um, circus company. And so we're combining Riverbeds Theater surrealist aesthetic with uh, Foca's uh, circus style. And so it's this unique combination of thinking about the magical possibilities of performance. And so the uh, title of performance is Dreams in Shadows. And with this piece, we're really exploring that we, you know, if we spend a third of our life in a dream state, what if we can bring that dream state to life and so we don't need to shut our eyes and go to sleep, but it can happen in front of you. Quintero says this work is the first collaboration between Riverbed and Foca. Through the show, he wants the audience to see themselves in a new light. So I'd say that with this, it's um, less about video elements, it's combining more this surreal image space aesthetic. And so before we've done a lot of work where the set was a really important aspect of it. And this, it's more really focusing on the physicality of the performers. But it's like, how do we create an experience of the audience and seeing the work that something internally can happen? So it's less about, wow, we're putting on a show and more about how can we create almost like a mirror when the audience is seeing the show, they can also see themselves. Quintero founded Riverbed Theatre in 1998. The theatre is devoted to the creation of Theatre of Images, a type of performance that focuses on physical and visual elements to express ideas and emotions. Many topics revolve around Taiwan culture and history. We formed Riverbed Theatre in 1998, and it's really sort of a different type of theatre company, whereas a lot of uh, performances are based on text, so you have a, a script and you read it, and you memorize your lines and you do your performance. We're interested in creating image-based theater where it's more about uh, these series of moving images or a, a living sculpture where it's more abstract, but the audience has its own space to reflect on the meaning of the work. Over the course of 25 years, we've done about 60 performances. We've done large scale works. Uh, two years ago, we did a piece here at the National Theater based on um, coal mining. And so the history of coal mining in Taiwan and those experiences of the people that really were the backbone of the economic surge that went through Taiwan in the 1970s and 80s. Um, we've also done works based on visual artists or poets. Quintero grew up and attended university in the US. He came to Taiwan in 1998 after receiving a Rotary scholarship. Since arriving in Taiwan, he has dedicated himself to the theater. Over the course of his career, he has written and directed over 50 original image-based performances. The theater group has also collaborated with some of Taiwan's and the U.S.'s most renowned visual artists. Uh, we formed 25 years ago, um, and so initially I was studying theater as an undergraduate at Tufts University in the States, and I had the opportunity to go to mainland China. I saw some Chinese opera performances, like, well, this is amazing. And then I applied for a Rotary scholarship and came to Taiwan and studied Chinese opera at Chinese Culture University for uh, a year. And in that experience, I was able to meet a lot of interesting artists, and so one year here led to two years, which led to I've been here for almost 31 years, back and forth between the States and Taiwan. Not only is Quintero the artistic director of Riverbed Theatre, he is also a professor in the U.S. and travels back and forth between America and Taiwan. Yes, I travel back and forth, and so I'm a professor at Grinnell College in the Department of Theatre, Dance and Performance Studies. And I've also done a lot of creative process workshops here in Taiwan, and so it's really an exciting process here. I've worked with a lot of students who are doing architecture or interior design or animation or graphic design. And so it's really thinking about how we can combine performance through these different mediums, how we can explore performance as this unique form of a total art. Um, I'd say that what's really exciting about the theater community is it's a really um, embracing community, very supportive. It's a small community, but very tightly knit. And so my advice for young people is like, if you have a dream, go for it. Um, reach out to people, go see shows, be supportive of other artists.
Riverbed Theater has participated in festivals around the world. Having lived and worked in Taiwan for 31 years, Quintero hopes to continue to produce innovative shows and mentor young talent interested in theater. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Huang Guokai in Taipei. A favorite way to escape the summer heat is by heading to a restaurant or shopping mall. But a new rule from the economics ministry will limit how cool those places get. Air conditioners will have to be set between 22 and 24 degrees during mealtimes starting Monday. The new rule will be applied to 1,300 locations nationwide, including chain restaurants and hotels, among others. The rule is on a trial run until December 2024 and may become a law in 2025. Since 2014, 20 types of venues have been required to keep air conditioners running at no less than 26 degrees. Places providing food were exempt during mealtimes, which are from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Currently, venues found violating the rules on air conditioning use would be given a warning, with a subsequent violation resulting in a fine of up to 100,000 NT. Taipei played host to the annual India Spring Fair this year, bringing Indian food, dance and other parts of Indian culture to people in the capital. The event this year was attended by Foreign Minister Joseph Wu and FTV's President Dorothy Wong, who said she was delighted by the Indian dances, both traditional and modern, that were on display at the event. Indian dancers performed on stage with a fervor and exotic flair. This is the India Spring Fair 2023, which was held on Sunday in Taipei. Appearing in traditional Indian clothing, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu lit a candle as part of the fair's opening ceremony. Afterward, the event organizer marked participants' foreheads with a bindi, which symbolizes good wishes. And as many of you know, that I have a very special attachment to India, which is why I'm always very keen and happy to attend events like this. The foreign ministry has expressed the desire to foster good Taiwan-India relations, which the de facto embassy, India-Taipei Association, has sincerely welcomed. We can march and dance together once again to one beat as a wider Indian community and renew our bonds of friendship with our Taiwanese hosts and the global community here more deeply and with more confidence. It's my first time attending. I never imagined it would be so grand. I just watched a few dances, including some that were traditional Indian and some that were more modern. It was all very beautiful. And then there was the clothing, which was gorgeous. The India Spring Fair had many visitors during the event, including notably the president of FTV. Plenty of India culture and traditions were on display, as well as Indian cuisine for visitors to sample. For those in Taiwan unable to go abroad, the India Taipei Association had just the ticket. And keeping on the subject of India, today we take you to meet an Indian dance troupe comprised of Taiwanese women. They have traveled around the world performing in art festivals and Indian cultural events. Our very own Stephanie Yang spoke to the dance troupe's founder, Taiwanese Indian dance master Mei Yu Huang, to find out more.
Wearing beautiful and colorful dresses, the dancers take the stage, performing a Bollywood dance piece. Then they transition into Guru Vandana. It's a dance that symbolizes reverence and gratitude for God. Guru Vandana is means our people, we are human beings and respect of the God. We, uh, we dance this song and respect the God and also respect our spiritual in our, our mind, our body. Bollywood dance is the, from the Bollywood movie and it's a happy song and just like uh, all fun and enjoy, have the, you know, the joyful, the every part, every wedding or party, we always dance this kind of the song. These dancers are from the Shakti India Dance Group. They have performed in various art festivals and Indian cultural festivals around the world, and they've won several Indian dance competitions in Taiwan. The dancers are led by Taiwanese Indian dance master Mei Yu Huang, who is also the founder of the dance group. You know, Shakti is means the power. So it's like uh, Shiva, another part. It uh, means the energy. We hope we dance, we can full have the energy and uh, uh, when you face the stress, when you face the problem, your work and everything, just come to our studio and after your stress, everything will go. We also hope uh, uh, make a group and let people to know the Indian dance, the beautiful and the spiritual and the culture in it. But that time it's not easy to pronounce the Indian dance because they don't understand and they were confused about the belly dance and Indian dance. But after the Bollywood music and the movie and popular, now people will understand because the Indian dance and with the Western dance and belly dance is totally different. Just like we have the beautiful eyes movement and hand mudra, and you know the stronger the stepping. So this is the Indian dance very important things. Before launching the dance group, Huang was a biotech company manager. After learning Indian dance, she quit her job in biotech and opened her own dance studio and troupe. She is the first teacher to introduce Indian dance to Taiwan. DJ the manager. Uh, because of too many stress, so I I start to learn dance. Um, before I'm belly dancer, and uh, in two zero five, I start to go to the San Francisco to see, and I saw the Bollywood, and I saw the Odissi dance. I I feel the Indian dance is very beautiful. So I've been to India and start to learn the Indian dance. And after that, uh, I learned the classical dance and the uh, kata, bangla, and the Bollywood dance. After that, I come back, uh, still teaching ballet dance and the Bollywood dance and Indian dance until now. Students here learn a variety of dance styles such as Bollywood, Odissi, Katak, belly dance, and more. Many students are mothers. In the beginning, it was teacher Mei Yu's dance moves that captivated me, the way she danced so freely. She was the first teacher to introduce Indian dance to Taiwan, so when we saw that she was recruiting students, I signed up. 
Learning to dance has greatly boosted our confidence and provided great satisfaction both physically and mentally. 就是呃，之前上课的同学，然后呢。The students who attended Mayu's class put on wonderful performances. There are also very special and gorgeous costumes. That was very attractive to me, so I joined. Teacher Mayu is very lively. The content of the lessons is also very fun. The dance group hopes to continue to delight audiences around the world to let more people know about the beauty of Indian dance and culture. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei. A recent beauty trend has seen many acne patients attempt to treat their acne using oil-based cleansers. The motto of the products: "Fight oil with oil." But unfortunately, doctors say the concept doesn't have a grounding in reality. Acne is better treated with dietary changes, and oil could actually make things worse. We spoke to beauty clinic physician Tang Haoyue to learn more. 일본은 양을 발라주시는 게 중요해요. 1분 정도 코와 턱에 마사지해주도록 하겠습니다. A Korean YouTuber demonstrates how to use an oil-based acne cleanser. The manufacturer claims that the product fights oil with oil. Some online users claim that cleansing oils do the same job, but this doctor says it's not true. They think that acne is oil, so you can dissolve it in more oil, and that will be a better clean. But in fact, acne is wax. It's not really possible to dissolve it in oil. If the emulsification isn't complete, then actually the oil will stick in your pores, causing irritation and sensitivity. You hear in the streets that Vaseline works to clear acne too, fighting oil with oil. Is that true? When Vaseline is in the area where you have acne, it can actually attract mites or other things. So basically, we would never recommend its use. The FDA says that cleansing oils are primarily composed of mineral oils and synthetic oils. They can cause extra stress for the skin and are especially irritating when they're not washed off thoroughly. If you're looking to manage acne, doctors recommend combining a skincare regime with dietary changes. Avoid deep-fried foods, sugar, and processed dairy products. Products if you can, and your acne might naturally settle down.